Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Big Big Ten Football Show. I'm your host, Danny Mogo, at DanTheBigManB1G on Twitter, and this is our Big Bets episode. Last week, we went 2-2, two and two. not the best week, not the worst week, not the best week, plus half a unit. We are now 19 and 11 on the season, plus 12 and a half units. And we're going to start with our B1G Big Bet of the Week. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that is Purdue plus 12 against Iowa. Now, this, this line, this point spread is absolutely fascinating to me. Because before the season, I went to DraftKings. I didn't get the Rutgers lines, unfortunately, because of geographical reasons. But I grabbed all the lines for future games in the Big Ten prior to the start of the season. As you probably know, if you've listened to my pod before, or if you've been reading my columns on All Media NY, right? So... The preseason line for Iowa-Purdue was 14 and a half. And what's happened since then? Purdue has gone 3 and 2, kind of where they're supposed to be, even though their win total is 5 because, you know, the games, they've won the three games that they were favored in. They've lost the two games that they were underdog in. Meanwhile, Iowa, whose number was 7 and a half, is 6 and 0, oh, and number two in the country. So yeah, I find it fascinating that this line has gone from 14 and a half down to 12, considering what has uh, transpired for the first half of the college football season. Uh, really, I'd love somebody in the biz, in the industry, somebody in Sin City maybe, to educate me and let me know why this happened and have they ever seen something similar like this happening with a line because it's it's tremendously fascinating to me makes no sense at all one potential reason the I, and and you know what ironically I'm taking Purdue right because at first it kind of felt like wait is there actually value on Iowa but no I'm taking Purdue and if there is a reason I can pinpoint, it's basically Iowa's offense. It stinks. They have a 36.2% success rate, which is 119th in the country. Folks, that has nothing to do with short fields and bigger leads. They simply don't do a job, good job of making successful plays, which includes gaining, you know, four yards on a first down. They just don't do it well. They're dead last in the Big Ten in yards per play. Just to be clear, Rutgers and Illinois are still <clears throat> inside the Big Ten. Just want to let you know that. And while the Hawkeyes clearly have the better defense in this matchup, Purdue's defense is much improved. They're only allowing 4.8 yards per play, which is fourth in the Big Ten. This is an underrated group, which means this game figures to be close and low scoring. Let you know advantage to the double-digit underdog. Add to that that Iowa looks to be down Riley Moss, who is an elite cornerback. 
And why is this big? This is big in this game in particular. Because while Hankins is still there, Iowa was, the strength of Iowa's defense was having two elite caliber corners who fit their scheme. Now they're taking on a Purdue team. This is a little nugget that I got from Pro Football Focus. A Purdue team that since last season leads the Big Ten in games in which they targeted a particular corner 10 times or more. So if there's a weakness on your defense, Purdue will continue to attack it over and over and over again. So now you have a first-time starter filling in, and he will be tested by Purdue, who does have, led by David Bell, a pretty talented receiving core. You want more. You want more factors, reasons for liking Purdue plus the 12 points. I'll give you this. How about a little letdown, a little old school gambling, you know, philosophy. Let's be psychologists. I don't love to do this, but we're talking about an Iowa team that opened the season against a ranked Indiana, following week, traveled to top 10 in-state rival Iowa State. They went to an undefeated Maryland team on a Friday night, prime time. They knew they had the college football, the attention of the entire college football world. And then last week, they hosted number four Penn State and needed a come-from-behind win. Next week, their next opponent is Wisconsin, but next week they have a bye. I hate that word, actually. That's a pet peeve of mine. They have off next week. They do not have a bye. A bye means you advance to another round. They have not advanced to anything. They just simply don't have a game. That's not what bye means. So they're idle, they have an off week, and often teams will take their foot off the gas a little bit. They look ahead. They know the off week is coming. And they got to be feeling pretty good about themselves at 6-0. Maybe there's a little letdown there. This is not a team that does well in general under Kirk Ferentz as a double-digit favorite. They're not great. That's not where they thrive in, in terms of the, the gambling, when they're a double-digit favorite. Last week, Kirk Ferenc said Iowa fans smelled a rat. Really, Kirk, just you know, a little aside here, I, I, I can't believe he's, he's with this, implying that the Penn State— I mean, it's funny. It made me laugh. Implying that Penn State's players were faking injuries. I, I just don't see it. It doesn't make sense to me. Uh, you've def, this is something we've definitely seen. But it's typically, or always, almost exclusively, happens when a defense is playing an up-tempo type of team. And Iowa is obviously the exact opposite of an up-tempo team. Anyway, I smell something, and it's fishy. And it's what I talked about already. It's the fact that the number two team in the country is at home, and they're just a 12-point favorite against an unranked team. That's kind of unheard of. Kind of unheard of. And not like in a ballyhooed. Uh, unranked team, not a, a, an unranked team that uh, started the season number five or six in the country like Texas A&M, and even then that was a bigger line. Not an unranked team like Nebraska that looks like, hey, they should be better. They're probably as good as many ranked teams on the fringe of the top 25. A team that really isn't getting much attention at all this season. And then finally, Jeff Brom does seem to have Iowa's number. The Boilermakers have won three of four against the Hawkeyes. All four of those games have been one-score contests. These have been 
close games ever since uh, Brom got there and made Purdue into a respectable program. So that is my first pick, big bet, Purdue plus 12 against Iowa. We move on now to our bigger bets, our next two games. I'm staying in the Big Ten West and giving you Nebraska minus the three and a half at Minnesota by the half if you if it makes you feel better if it makes you feel comfortable it would have been nice to get in earlier on the week on this game because they were two and a halves and threes but here as we sit here on a friday three and a half was the best line i was able to find and while i'm a little worried about a letdown um after they came so close to upsetting michigan last week a game that they really really put a lot into um obviously you're always afraid that nebraska will do nebraska things and hopefully that won't burn you. But I'm back on the Huskers. I think they're playing too good right now. They're playing too well. Too much quality football coming out of Lincoln on both sides of the ball to ignore them and not play this game against Minnesota Golden Gophers. This is a battle-tested Nebraska team that three of their four, four losses have come to undefeated top 10 teams in Oklahoma, Michigan, and Michigan State. Two of them were on the road. One of them, they definitely should have won. Easily could have won two, two out of three here. And in their last three games against non-top 10 teams, Nebraska has won by 45 points, by 25 points, and by 49 points. Now, yes, those games did come against Fordham, Buffalo, and Northwestern. Is Minnesota better than those teams? For sure. No doubt about it. However... These are the same Golden Gophers that barely beat Miami, Ohio at home and lost to Bowling Green at home to drop their home record to one and two. So, you know, how much better are they than Northwestern and Buffalo? We don't know yet because this team has not been good this season. They lost Trey Potts to a season-ending injury against Purdue, which leaves them down to their third-string running back. Mo Ibrahim obviously was lost in week one. And they need to rely on their running game because Tanner Morgan has been bad this season. That's I don't need to use a big fancy word. He's just been bad, B-A-D, bad. 112th in adjusted completion percentage. You know, they lost uh, Kirk Sharaka. He didn't work out in Penn State, but... This Minnesota offense has not looked the same without him. Uh, Tanner Morgan has not looked the same without him. I gave him a pass for last year, but now we have more proof of concept. And last year was not fluky. It was not fluky. It was, in fact, a trend, as we've seen Minnesota play five times this year. The Huskers have the better quarterback. Yeah, that's right. They have the better quarterback. Adrian Martinez is eighth in the country in yards per pass. They have the more explosive offense. They have the better running game. The Huskers are 21st in EPA per carry. Meanwhile, Minnesota is 80th in rushing success rate. And the Cornhuskers have the stouter defense, in my opinion. They have a very strong defense. So it's now or never for this ball club. So I really don't believe, while I'm concerned a little bit about last week's loss, I don't think they're going to let Michigan beat them twice, meaning last week's loss is why they lose this week. Um, I spoke to Isaiah Hole of Wolverine's Wire on my other podcast, Die Trying, which is a Michigan podcast, 
And he was there in Lincoln and I, and off the air, we spoke a little bit about this and I asked him what was his feel about Nebraska and, and where they were, because it seemed like everything I was reading, you know, we had boosters and, and, and administrators congratulating the Frost and, and all the coaches. So it seemed like they were still taking a positive spin out of that game in Lincoln, despite falling to three and four and really putting their bull hopes in jeopardy, considering you have Ohio a game against Ohio State coming up, right? And his take was that he felt that they were still positive. And, and he said he felt, you know, covering Michigan for a few years, he's gotten the feel for what a team uh, uh, that is stunned to lose, that loses a game that they were hyped up and expected to win, what they kind of look like when it's not a good thing. And he said he didn't see that with Nebraska. So I, I'm pretty confident that they, that they are the, without a doubt, better team in this matchup. And we will see it on the field on Saturday. Lay the three and a half with Nebraska. Our next bigger bet and our final game, sadly, is Wisconsin minus 13 and a half against Army. The one concern here is I'm going to give you both sides, folks. I'm going to give you all the information for you. I want to I want to present to you everything here. I, I'm not I'm not just a, a prosecutor or a defense attorney trying to convince you my side is right. I want you to win. I want you to get a winner. So if I tell, I want to give you as much info as possible to allow you to maybe, maybe you'll take some of my games and not all of them. I'm not here to prove to be right. I hope I end up right. I'm here to help you pick winners. And maybe I'm going to give you information that's going to say, Dan, you undervalued this. All right. Now, and I've said this before, some dance planning for you. I can make a case for either team in any of these games and make a coherent case for them. There's always a case. There's no game that's that easy with the betting line that there that it that it's so one-sided that you can really only imagine one team covering. It's never that easy. If you think it's that easy, you should second guess your thinking, okay? Wisconsin is 13 and a half over Army and my concern here is the high number, double digits, with a low total. It's only 38 and a half. So the projection isn't for a lot of points, which of course, low scoring games will make it more difficult for that team to cover a big spread. Why am I still on it? Because I'm believing in these Badgers. I am. SP Plus has the number seven in the country. I don't think they're that high. But I do believe Wisconsin is underrated and undervalued. I think people view their three losses, two of which came to teams that are in the top 10 right now, um, are lumped together in the sense that, oh, wow, they lost, you know, oh, they lost these three games. They got blown out by Notre Dame and Michigan. They really only were dominated and controlled by Michigan. The Penn State game, they had a lot of chances early. They had chances late. With the ball twice in Penn State territory, deep into Penn State territory in the fourth quarter with the chance to win. They had a lead in the fourth quarter of the Notre Dame game. And there was a punt return for a touchdown, two INT returns for touchdowns. So I think some of their scores are misleading. I This is why they were one of our biggest bets last week. 
we thought it was a get-right game for the Badgers, and that's exactly how it played out as they won 24-0 at Illinois. They rushed for 391 yards on 61 carries compared to 19 pass attempts by Graham Mertz. While Mertz did not have a great game, and uh, honestly, I was unhappy with Mertz in the first half because some of the he had a bad interception, he made some terrible throws. I kind of just wanted them to run the ball on every damn play because I thought that would be enough for me to get the cover, right? But he did have a good third quarter. He was 7 of 9 for 85 yards. So that's something to build on as they return to Madison. That's the best Graham Mertz has looked all season long. The kid does have talent, so maybe it's something to build on. And honestly, at the end of the day, you really don't need a lot from this offense for this team to work their way back into the top 25. Because the defense, in my opinion, might be as good as any in the Big Ten, and that includes Iowa. Now they're taking on a foe in Army, who's a one-dimensional, triple-option team that absolutely has to run the football. And they're going up against an Iowa, a Wisconsin team that is the best run defense in the country. They lead the nation in rushing yards per game at only 41.4 and rushing yards allowed per carry at 1.66. Meanwhile, Army's quarterback Christian Anderson, who, by the way, is their leading rusher, he's nursing slash dealing with a shoulder injury. So he's listed as questionable, which kind of always means likely, right? But still, against this Wisconsin defense, it's got to make you wonder, he's not going to want to get hit against these boys. I'm telling you that. This is a bad, bad defense, and I mean in the best possible way. And yes, Army also does have a good run defense, folks, but they have not faced an opponent um, like Wisconsin, who's starting to find themselves, who has a very big, bruising, talented, true freshman running back in Braylon Allen. I think Berger being off the team, people say, oh, look, that's an example of dysfunction. Maybe not. Maybe that's maybe that's good. Maybe that's a good thing. I don't know for sure. I'm not saying he's a bad kid, but maybe it's a good thing. He's not contributing, right? So if they felt there was a reason to get him off the team, I'm going to trust that that's a good thing for the team, especially because it looks like other guys have stepped in and are going to be producing. So uh, those are our three picks for the week. Sadly, for the first time ever, we I was super excited last week, guys, to give you two biggest bets. Maybe I was a little too over-enthusiastic. Um, I hope um, you guys did better than I did. I went one and one, or, or at least did as well as I did, because um, on the pod and on the article, I went one and one on the biggest bets with Wisconsin winning and Michigan as a loser, minus three and a half. I myself laid three with Michigan earlier in the week, so I got a winner and a push. I hope you at least got a winner and a push. It's possible some of you listeners did even better than me and better than what my numbers will indicate because you may have gotten Michigan at two and a half on Saturday if you were savvy um, and you might have gone two and oh. Maybe I was a little overzealous and I'm not going to say it was a bad pick. Maybe I was a little overzealous in making it one of my biggest bets, two-unit type of bets, which is what it is. It's a two-unit bet. The bigger bet is a one-unit bet. The big bet is a half-a-unit bet. So maybe I was a little overzealous because I knew Nebraska was a live dog, and I knew Michigan would have to play well. So they had their opportunities to cover, kicked four field goals. That's a lot of field goals 
one of those field goals becomes a touchdown and they do cover the spread with a little room to breathe. Um, I will critique myself for going against Ohio State with Maryland just because you could see um, while my reasoning wasn't necessarily wrong, in the back of my head I was thinking it looks like Ohio State, you know, maybe maybe they're not really a top five team, but maybe they are. And if they are, they found their swagger. And also maybe if they're not, Maryland wasn't necessarily the team that would for sure expose that. You know what I mean? So they had those two really blowout lopsided wins against inferior opponents, made themselves feel good. And Maryland, I overvalued Maryland as a team that would test them and undervalued a team with the elite talent, the best talent in the Big Ten, going against a team like Maryland. Maybe if it was against an Iowa, a Penn State, a Michigan, maybe even Michigan State, maybe even Nebraska or Wisconsin, but it wasn't. It was against a team that I have in the bottom half of the Big Ten. So that, that was a bad on me, and I'm learning here. Um, I want to show you my warts. I want to show you my mistakes, okay? Because we're going to know, we're going to learn, and we're going to get better right? Other games in the Big Ten, which I'm not playing. Michigan State is four and a half on the road at Indiana. Um, This is a huge game for Indiana, folks. The huge game, especially for their bull hopes. They are two and three. They still have games against Ohio State and at Michigan, where they will be double digit, if not 14 or 20 point underdogs, right? So that would be four and five losses. So a loss to Michigan State. Now that means they got to go four and zero in their other four games, which they can do, but that's a lot to ask. So a loss here means no margin of error to get to six wins, keep their bowl streak going. They have an extra week to prepare. They have talent in the secondary. They're pretty good at minimizing big plays, which has been uh, MSU's. Modus operandi. They are a big play offense. You know, they scored 28 points last week. They had a quarterback throw for 300. Receiver catch for 200. Running back rush for 200. Wow. But still, only 28. They didn't even crack 30 against Rutgers. Because all of their offense came on four huge chunk plays, including a 90-something yard touchdown run by, by Kenneth Walker, the third, K-9. So Indiana is good at limiting those chunk plays, and you have to wonder, at least I do, I wonder if Michigan State can't score that way, will they struggle to sustain drives? And, but, and and you know, I add to that that IU Corners, I got this from my boy Sammy Jacobs, who runs Hoosier Huddle. Um, You can check them out for Indiana information. He told me that both their corners, Reese uh, Taylor and Tawan Mullen are game town decisions. These are quality, all Big Ten type of cornerbacks. These are arguably two of their best three defenders um, are game time decisions and obviously will have a huge impact if Indiana can or cannot slow down Michigan State's defense. So this game is a pass for me. It's a total pass. Um, As much as I would not be surprised Indiana to make this game, and win it outright, and I doubt, I have my doubts about Michigan State, you know that, I'm not a true believer in them, but what have we seen from Indiana this year, if we're being honest, they have not looked good at all, so to take Indiana would be to have faith 
that they suddenly will play their best game of the season. I just don't have it. Another game that this was the only other game that I had a preseason line for in the Big Ten this week. And this one's a whopper too, guys. Indiana is was minus 16 before the season. So you, you could right now, if you bet this game before the start of the season, you could have a ticket in your hand of Michigan State plus 16 and a half points. So either, you know, a ticket that you're going to cash or a, a nice 20-point potential middle uh, for this game if you like the other side. But it, it kind of just goes to show you, uh, the reason I bring it up is just goes to show you the type of value that is available in the preseason. And then the last Big Ten game is Rutgers laying two at Northwestern. I actually started to um, write this game up and have have it in my picks with the Northwestern Wildcats. I kind of thought, hey, this is another team. Listen, I, I thought they were going to be bad this year. I thought I picked them under six and a half wins because the way I looked at the season, six and six was their ceiling. So even if they reached their ceiling, it would go under at six and a half wins. And I really thought they were probably more of a four or five win type of team. At the same time, I did not think this would be a two win team, which is what FPI projects them at. And I kind of feel like week off, Pat Fitzgerald at home, Rutgers is coming in. You've Finally found a running game. Your quarterback in garbage time against Nebraska, Ryan Halitsky, played his best game of the year, the best play you've gotten from a quarterback all season. But at the same time, if I'm being fair, Rutgers has been better this year. Um, They hung tough with Michigan. They didn't get embarrassed by Michigan State. They also have an L to Ohio State, so they, you know, their three losses have all come to top 10 teams. At the end of the day, I said to myself, do you really want to put your hard-earned money on Northwestern? I don't. So I'm going to suggest maybe you shouldn't either. Uh, don't take Rutgers either, folks. I, I think it's kind of crazy that they are a favorite on the road in a Big Ten game. But, you know, obviously somebody's going to cover in this game, but I just think this game is an absolute pass in terms of uh, the straight-up bets. I did throw uh, Northwestern in my four-team parlay play, which includes Indiana with the money line, because why not? Let's do a in-game, uh, same-game parlay here with Michigan State under 26 and a half. Because if Indiana's going to win, that's how they're going to win. Northwestern, money line. And Army, under 11.5 points. Because I think they will struggle to get to double digits. And I can't imagine them scoring more than 10 points against Wisconsin. One note I almost forgot to mention. um, In his uh, gambling podcast, ESPN's Chris Felica hinted that he heard from somebody that um, Purdue might have some COVID issues. So I'm going to hold off a little bit before actually placing that bet myself. Um, The other two games I've put in already, I've tried to do some research and I will continue to dig into that and see if I could hear from anybody 
that covers the team or that's in the area, if there's any validity to that with Purdue missing people, but it's not something I've able to I've been able to confirm or find out anywhere else. So because of that, you should definitely check out my Twitter just to see because if I do hear something either way, I will update that and make that a full go bet. If they, if it comes out that they do have COVID, then we're going to scratch that and take Purdue off the table. So you can find me on Twitter. Um, Dan the Big Man B1G, Dan the Big Man on Twitter, and this has been your Big Bets Week Seven podcast on the Big Big Ten Football Show. Please like, subscribe, review. Appreciate it.